Hello and welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School. Today we're talking all about apprenticeships with former student Ayrton and sixth form Akara. Uh, Ayrton is an undergraduate engineer in the highways department at WSP and WSP is, is a leading engineering professional services consulting firm covering loads of sectors including transport, infrastructure, property, environment, energy um, with lots of offices across the UK and Ireland. We're really excited that Ayrton is on our podcast today because he came back to speak at our careers convention and his was a sellout session which generated loads of interest. Um, so we're absolutely delighted that he's here. Welcome Ayrton. Thank you for having me. Delighted. And today I'm going to hand over to Cara. And uh, Cara, you're in this sixth form. What are you studying for A-level? Uh, so I'm doing politics, economics and maths. And then I'm also doing an EPQ, which when I went to Ayrton's um, careers convention speaking, he also did an EPQ and he really recommended it. And I'm also doing classics on the side, as in like for my Thursday activity. So yeah. That sounds amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, and I'm really I'm really pleased that you're both doing an EPQ and I hope you're going to talk about that later. Tara, you're only, only in year 12, but have you got any thoughts about next steps? Well, that's one of the good things, I think, with degree apprenticeships is that because I, I do quite know what I want to do in my life. So, and so in summer, this summer, you have to apply for degree apprenticeships because it's, oh, well, for me anyways, I don't know how Ayrton's works, but for some of them, you have to apply in summer you have to apply quite early so my next steps are kind of in the finance sector some uh there's loads of different degree apprenticeships i'm also thinking of a pwc um they also do like a sort of degree apprenticeship but it's more university based so there's loads of different options and i'm not entirely sure yet but over the summer i'll do some good research excellent but you've you've, you've certainly decided on on a an apprentice route yeah. and then yeah brilliant right i'm not going to say anymore i'm going to hand over to you now and i'm really interested to hear all about apprenticeships um, and next steps have fun fabulous so Ayrton can you explain to our listeners what your apprenticeship actually involves yeah so for me my apprenticeship involves day release so I'll go to uni one day a week and then the other four days of the week I'm working just as you would once you come out of university so I'm then doing uh, highways engineering uh, as was said earlier so I'm designing roads uh, it's not as easy as it sounds there are lots of different design manuals rules as uh, so much to follow it's not as simple as just saying i want a road here but with that it's not just so i'm doing engineering it's not just about the actual design you've got to consider the cost and budgets and multipliers so there's a lot of the commercial side as well that you learn as well as the design so it's kind of a bit like you said you wanted to go into finance there are finance sides in engineering companies because there is so much that you have to do to maintain your budget fabulous and so what areas are you learning about in your like degree with your apprenticeship yeah so my degree i'm accredited to london south bank university uh, doing civil engineering so that has your usual civil engineering modules, but it's across five years. So I'm doing structures, construction practice, um, doing a lot of materials. So what you'd build your structures out of, so timber, composites, concrete's quite a big one. You've also got fluid mechanics, geotechnics. So the civil course I'm doing covers a wide area of um, civil engineering. And would you say kind of your degree, does that 
are you then is that partly helpful then when you do a degree apprenticeship because then you can apply that to your degree into the workplace that's a good question yeah it, it definitely helps so i get to see from the math side and then so what does a typical week look like so for me um my mondays are my day release days so i'll get up go to university uh it starts at nine and then i'll have three lec yeah three lectures throughout the day so i'll have a nine to eleven an eleven to one and then a two till five so seven hours worth of lectures it's quite intense it is it's for 26 days of the year and then you still have your standard exams your coursework like you would so as i'm doing three to four modules a year at the moment so i'm just finished my first year as of yesterday just got my exams to go for year one congratulations thank you it it, it, time flies like (laughs) it it's crazy to think i've only been here well eight months would you say you've got a good balance yes yeah the balance is good having it really is nice to have the university day a work from home day an office day a work from home day and an office day that that's a really nice way of having it it kind of gives time to rest because uni day is a nice five o'clock get ups get home at half six half seven and then work days are pretty similar get up at six a bit different to being at school just a year ago but um yeah it's, it's good do you at all feel like you're missing out on the university experience tour do you feel like that's not yes and no at some points through my apprenticeship it's felt a bit oh, i've gone different to everyone else i don't really know people necessarily there's not people my age because i'm an undergrad there's a couple of graduates in my team office but then most people are already engineers they're late 20s at the earliest and most of the people are well double triple my age at work so it must feel quite cool though being the youngest there it is it's quite funny watching their faces when they say i'm older than your dad (laughs) um so yeah it's it's nice because there is another apprentice as well in my office and we both go to uni together so there is still that uni experience so to speak it's just in a different way and you have to learn to adapt so i moved to cambridge because that's where i'm working at the moment and then i had housemates there because i was in a house share they were year three because they were in their placement year at cambridge consultants so i went out with them a couple of times and that's where i got my uni experience like going out and things like that so you just find a different way to do it cool and so what actually made you decide to apply for an apprenticeship Originally, ironically, about the um, uni side of it, I didn't really think that was for me. So I was like, I want to get experience, actually do something. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's how I came across it. It wasn't really until about year 10 that I started thinking about it because that's when I was settled on doing something in civils. It was just more finding which part of civils I wanted to do because it is so broad. Did you use a website then? Did you use the government website to find your degree apprenticeship or...? There was some I applied to that were on the government website, but it was mainly through work experience. I did a couple of work experiences, one with Morgan Sindel and another one that I did as an online course on mechanical slash civil engineering. And that kind of made me decide what I wanted to do. And then from there, I used the government website, but mainly from Miss Hayes. The amount of emails that we get on different careers or applications to do, that's where I found out about most of them and yeah she helped me apply and look through my applications helped me with interview practice uh, assessments because as you go into you'll find if you when you apply that it's quite a lengthy application process and you have your 
first an application that takes a couple of hours you then have your online assessments like to see how you behave so to speak and then you'll have your interview and then an assessment center after that as well and then you get the phone call yeah and say yes or no so it's quite an intensive process and it's and you think you could apply for loads of them at the same time as well. I think because I've spoken to Mrs. Hayes, the careers advisor, like she's so awesome. Like she's helped so much with how I want to decide kind of what to do. And because her, I think her son also has done a degree apprenticeship as well. And so it's actually, she's been really helpful in the process and supporting me. So yeah, all credit to Mrs. Hayes. We hear lots about how popular this pathway is becoming and that they are hard to secure. What are your thoughts on this? And do you have any advice for our sixth formers? Yeah, so it's good that they're becoming more popular because they're definitely a good route to go. This is going to sound like I'm flexing a little bit here, saying that there was, um, for my role, there was one in 127 people got it. So if you compare that to Oxbridge pre-COVID, Oxbridge was one in six people that applied got it. So if that gives you a rough estimate of how hard they are to get, However, if you're passionate, you show you're passionate, you show it's right for you, it makes it a lot easier. So for you, finance, if you show you're passionate, it's not really one in 127, it will be like one in five, so to speak. So, Mm. but my main advice is just to keep applying for them if it is for you. Get work experience, because that will tell you, it's not as simple as just saying, yeah, get work experience so I can write an application. It is get work experience see if it's for you because if it's if you do that work experience what's the point in then spending four or five years yeah wasting your life just to get a degree that you're then not going to want to do afterwards so yeah exactly 110 percent. what are the best things about your role are the everyday challenges it's you'd think it'd be really simple but then you make a design you send it to the client they don't quite like it you have to bring it back but then the way they want it isn't necessarily possible so you have to find a different way around it and that challenge is it's enjoyable but can be quite frustrating but that is what when you get it right it feels really good and it's rewarding so to speak would you say every day is different then pretty much one day i'm doing design next day i'm doing admin tasks next day i'm writing technical reports day after that i'll be filling out a document register day after that i could be um going for a whole filing structure and restructuring it to correct it it's there's all sorts of things and especially in engineering there's just so much never a boring moment i think um for you personally what are the highlights in pursuing a career in engineering one fact is that every day is different so you get that chance to try different things and the main thing for me along with the rewarding part is that you get to see the design that you you've made so for me because i'm a highways engineer i'm designing a road um just not a road but you get what i mean (laughs) yeah and then i later on once it's built i get to drive along it and seeing that is well it's so rewarding and it's also making a difference to other people and and it's around my area as well because i'm working a lot in east anglia so a lot of the road work don't blame me for any of the road works at the moment but it's it's good to have helping people and improving commutes so yeah commuting is tough yeah it's yeah so i've definitely seen my parents so yeah for you personally have there been any elements that you have found challenging yeah so not necessarily in my role this but moving out 
end of August, early September. Going from being at school, having that nice long summer holiday after you finish your A-levels, and then moving out, moving somewhere you don't know, moving into a house, you've got to cook for yourself, clean for yourself, go to work every day. It's a real jump from being at school. And that is challenging because you don't know anyone either necessarily. Because for me, I moved to Cambridge. There was only one person that went to Cambridge in my year. And I don't see them because they're at uni and I'm at work. So it's kind of, you're just left by yourself to figure things out. So that adaptation takes a little bit of time. It took me two months or so. But once you get through it, you can do anything pretty much. And you'll be comfortable and then you'll be able to move around. Because when you go to uni, you're going to be with people your age. So it's not too bad. But if you go to an apprenticeship, you've just got to suck it up. Do you think that maybe also, because I think when people go to university, maybe they're not always going to experience the shock after because you kind of you've been in university and you're building yourself up, whereas kind of with degree apprenticeships, you kind of just put yourself in the deep end. And do you, do you feel that's kind of how you feel? Or I would say that uni is a little bit of a step just for the fact that then you've got to cook for yourself and live with yourself, but you have got other people there in case things go wrong necessarily. And even with your university that you're accredited to, there is the support there, but it's so far away usually, just for the fact that it's one day a week, so they'd be more worried about their full-timers, and you've got the support of work instead, so it's you've kind of just got to figure things out on your own, which at uni you don't necessarily have to do, but that big step after uni... You're older, so you're probably expected to know what you're doing. Whereas when I moved out, I was 18. So it's kind of, I'm still young, still a teenager. Yeah. And what did you actually get involved with at school? So I got involved with a fair amount of co-curricular activities. So I was like in choir, uh, chapel choir. I was um, did the cooking activity on Thursday afternoon. I didn't do anything engineering related, I don't think, which I suppose shows that just because I didn't at school doesn't mean that I can't later on. And also choir, you wouldn't necessarily associate with um, engineering either. So That's because um, I'm, I'm doing, like, and you did baking, uh, cooking after school because I'm doing classics after school. Would you say that maybe your the skills you've learned in kind of the clubs and all the things you've done in school has been, you know, valuable for uh, applying in the apprenticeship or...? Yeah, it is actually really valuable, not necessarily just because of the skills you learn, but also for choir, you're working with a bunch of people, so you're kind of a team, so you can use that on an application. Cooking, you can show, I am ready to move out, I can cook for myself, things like that. So get involved with as much as you can at school, and you'll be able to write it on a, or in an interview, mention it. It doesn't have to be anything significant. You'll always be able to link something you've done to something they're looking for. And did you have a hobby outside of school as well, or just did you develop hobbies in school? I don't know. Yeah, I, I did have hobbies outside of school. Um, I just tended to play rugby a lot. Um, so, and then listen to music, which is quite a relaxing way, especially it, it can be used for anything. So, and then when I turned 17 and could drive, that was just, yeah, that's what I did. So, <laughs> nice. Which is quite helpful because a lot of apprenticeships will want you to have a driving license because you need to travel to different places. Although if you're doing finance, you'll probably be, what, London office-based. So you might not have to worry about that. Fabulous. Can I jump in and ask you both about your EPQs? Ayrton, what was yours on? 
Mine was actually on Formula One. It was to do with the changes in design between 1970 and the turbo hybrid era. And it was how safety had changed and if the rules had constricted the safety and the design. Because back in the 70s, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted. But there was not very much safety and there was a few fatal accidents, unfortunately. Whereas in the turbo hybrid era, there was only one. So Ah, so it did make a difference. It made a massive difference, but then all the cars looked pretty similar. So that was the problem with it. And the conclusion was, I think, that uh, the rules had massively implemented the ability to have different designs, but overall the safety was worth it. Got it. Just for the fact that the casualties and serious accidents were reduced massively. Really interesting. Cara, what's what's your EPQ on? So I've only just started it, so I'm I'm still I've not got the solid foundation yet, but my plan is to do something on like AI regulation because I think kind of as more, you know, technology comes in, you know, robots taking over the world, that's the extreme, but kind of what actually do we need to impose? Like for example, do we need to like have a, a moral code book for robots kind of you know what because if you tell them to get a coffee if you just told a program to get a coffee they would do anything in their way to get you a coffee but realistically if you were a human you'd understand you need to wait in line you need to kind of how do how do humans interact and i think ai is going to become i think it should be seen as our as a helper not enemy and i think it's really important to for me to understand that especially for the future as well so yeah, that sounds really good. It's great, isn't it? It's like you're going to be drawing on society and ethics. Yeah, that's the that's the plan. So yeah, I, mean, um, I think also it's interesting because because I do I do do classics and it's interesting to compare. Actually, supposedly we've progressed so much society, but actually we're very similar in the sense of kind of our actual instinct of human nature. And it's actually will AI change our human nature or will we just or will it say the same I think is part of it as well that is really yeah so the actual it's 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 a two-way debate that you're you're going to explore yeah 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 but you're gonna have fun in the summer like I suggest doing a lot of work in the summer because then when you get to September November December time right before hand in you've got that that you can tone it down a little bit just get the bulk done in the summer and then yeah that will help that's good advice yeah, thank yeah, you. So, so go go big in the summer and get all of because that's that's quite a meaty subject, isn't it? Yeah. Etten, before I ask my last question, I've just got one more. So you've been eight months in and you're already designing our roads. Yes. That must be yeah, amazing. I, there's there's one that I'm doing in Hertfordshire at the moment that should be done in a year or so. Uh, there's also a big one on Ipswich, but I can't say too much about that for GDPR purposes, but. There's a that's a big scheme coming up, so that's okay. nearly ready to be Im- implemented. So, but it's not just me working on it. There are people checking my work, but <laughs> it, it's something that you can pick up fairly quickly. It just takes a while. So, for someone that's been doing it ten years, they can they know the standards pretty much off by heart or where they are, so they can just look for them. Look for them. Whereas I have to pretty much read every single one every time just to make sure. I'm, it's so it's not necessarily difficult even though there's so many different standards that conflict each other it's just that efficiency wise it takes time yeah okay um so my final final question for you both 
and I ask this to everyone, what advice would you give to your younger selves? Should we start with you, Ed? Yeah, uh, just keep going. If something's not going your way, just keep going, especially when it comes to applications. Because I was at one point that I was just ready to give up because I'd been, I applied for 12 different apprenticeships and got free interviews. But it took me seven applications to even get one interview. And then, what, but once you get that first interview and you've been told, yeah, you've got an interview, you push forward and then you realize, yeah, you can do this. And then you, it just naturally helps you. And then I got two more offers. So that's really good advice because it must feel quite, quite brutal, I suppose, if you're. Oh, it is, especially the amount of time you have to put into them. Like I said earlier, it's, it's three, four hours just to write the first bit of the application, an hour for your next assessment, and then an assessment center can be all day. And then you get a phone call to say, unfortunately, you haven't got the role and you've just spent 12 hours for one of them. It's like, yeah. Ah. yeah. Okay. So don't give up. Keep pushing through. And you're also saying about, you think, showing your passion for the role really counts. Yes. Yeah. It, they, they can tell if you're not really wanting to do it or not. They, they know what they're looking for. And if you're doing an apprenticeship, you've got to do something that you actually want to do because otherwise you are just wasting your time and it's going to be an awful five years. And five yeah. years is a long time to commit to something that you don't want to do. Yeah, and it's it's a really interesting insight into work experience as well, using it not not just to tick a box on your CV, but actually work out, is this something you would you could do as yeah. a career? So, yeah, really interesting. Thank you. Cara, what about you? What advice would you give to... If you were starting in year seven, what would, advice I would you give to yourself? I think kind of, if I gave advice to my younger self, I don't know... Would I be any, like, I don't regret where I am now. So actually say, saying to me, saying to my past self, do this or do that or like invest in Bitcoin or, or whatever, you know, it's kind <laughs> of, I actually, I don't regret where I am now. And so I would just say, you know, you've got this, you, you know, you can do it. Um, but I, I don't think I would, if, if I, if I said anything to my younger self, I'd probably be a bit different and I'm really happy with, you know, where I am. So that's brilliant. I like that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, well, that was really interesting. Thank you both. Just a really great whirlwind tour of apprenticeships, the pros, the cons, everything. Fantastic interview, Cara. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, well done, Cara. Well, thank you so much, Ayrton. I'm really, yeah, really inspirational. Thank you. That's all for this episode. And I hope that you enjoyed listening to Cara and Ayrton debate the pros and cons of apprenticeships and how to make a strong application. Thank you to them both for their insight into the long-term benefits of co-curricular, approaching work experience and conveying a passion for a chosen career. Thank you for listening. To listen to any of the other episodes, take a look at our website, ipswitch.school. Bye for now.